Hello, Beyond Words family. Thank you for being patient with us. Uh, We know we've been away for a period of time, but now we're back. So friends, family, loved ones, Beyond Words community, there's no longer anything to worry about. Beyond Words is back. We're here. We had to take a break, a little breather. We had to climb some mountains. We had to do some meditation. We had to fly halfway across the world. So thank you for being patient with us and understanding that sometimes the best way to keep growing is to stop, is to look around, is to observe, is to see what the future may hold. And then, with a new mind, with new hearts, start building again. So, just like a massive locomotive, as we slowed down, stopped, and started again, we're back, chugging along. So we're calling this Season 2 of Beyond Words with Felix Now, but this is Episode 23 of Beyond Words with Felix Now. Welcome back to the peace train, the happiness train, the conspiracy train, the weird train, the place that all of us know and love, the place beyond words, here we are. So if you are not a subscriber to Beyond Words with Felix now, we ask right now, you pause your recording, you pause this episode, and you go over to your platform of choice, and you hit like, you hit that thumbs up, or that star, whatever it is, and let us know you like us, because that'd be really nice. (laughs) We would like that. Also, if you really enjoy this podcast and you want to join our larger community, check out beyondwordsatlocals.com. There you can become a part of our larger community that we're building here with Beyond Words with Felix Now. Thank you so much again to all of you who have sent us love, appreciation, concern, during our little break but now we're back we won't leave again unless we need to take a pause which everyone should and so here we are with episode 23 of beyond words with felix and al we're We're back back. oh my god beyond words season on beyond words yeah so maybe we should explain a bit of what happened. What's like happened why we took since... a little break. Yeah, we took a break. Yeah. So our last episode was before Christmas. And yeah, we took a break. We took a like a interseason intermission. And yeah, I think it was from my side, I just needed needed a, a minute to like so integrate all these changes happening, you know. And uh, we just moved and and to this new continent, and my whole life is changing like so fast. So I just needed a minute to just kind of catch up with everything, and and yeah, that was pretty much the reasoning. <laughs> just a break, you know, a breather. Um, I think it would have been fine to keep recording during that time, but I think there was a period where I just felt. Uh, kind of like, yeah, I just didn't feel settled and I didn't feel like I had anything to say. 
So I think that was probably my own resistance is coming up. Uh, I think there's always something to say and people can even relate to the moments when we don't feel like we have anything to say. So I could have, could have kept going, but I, yeah. So I asked you if it's cool to take a little break and you were down with it too. So. I think I honestly thought it was perfect <clears throat> at the time too. Cause at the beginning of 2021, cause we're in a new year now. Um, we actually had our first group of 2021 uh, coming to drink ayahuasca. And so we got that all arranged and we had a, you know, a week of work, which was great. Uh, and then things closed again. So it was kind of like a, it was ah. perfect because we, we couldn't even, we were having a hard time connect connecting online and figuring out a, <clears throat> a good time while I had clients here. And uh, I think, you know, in general too, I, I felt like there was a time that, we needed to integrate and like, how do we come back? How do we reapproach this podcast uh, from where we are now? Um, and I, I didn't make, you know, the major changes you made, like moving and uh, having a pregnant wife. And, um, but I think internally, this podcast was like a, like a ceremony, like a set of ceremonies. It was like, there was a, necess a necessity of taking a small time to like, all right, what does this mean? What are we doing? Like, what, how can we keep evolving? How can we grow? Yeah. And, you know, I thought about it. A lot. I missed it a lot. Like I miss talking to you, man. I miss hanging out. I was like, man, we don't even have to record. We could just kind of maybe I know. Just talk. I don't know, whatever. But, you know, it was probably best too, that we just like went focused on what we needed to focus on, came back with reorganized minds, reorganized worlds, hopefully. Cause yeah, I think, you know, even from our, my side, there was a lot of confusion because we had all these groups again programmed for 2021 and so a lot of i was spending so much time like talking to people like figuring out okay well you may be able to get in but this you'll have to do this and uh you know it, it was just it was so chaotic uh in that initial stage of 2021 i think the world was kind of like leaning towards really hoping to open and then not opening and yeah so that that caused a lot of confusion for our business because it was just like well we rely on international travel and, and these regulations can really stop people like that. Um, right. So yeah, it, honestly, it was like very beneficial, but now we're back with season two. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Shoot. Awesome. Shoot. Shoot. So you guys had to, so were you able to like postpone your retreats with people or did you just have to cancel and just kind of uh, leave it up in the air? We canceled uh, a lot happened, of them, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's all right. It's now I'm getting used to like not working, which is not good. <laughs> I should, I should be like getting more in the mode of working, but uh, yeah, it, it was challenging. It's challenging because we had a bunch of groups lined up end of January, February into March. And we just, you know, with the quarantine regulations here, what you have to do when you come into Peru, it's now you come into Peru and you have to quarantine for 14 days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even with a negative PCR test. So it's like, people are like, well, why would I come down? If I'm only going to be down there for 11 days, why would I come down to quarantine for 14 days? Like that's mm -hmm. longer than my trip in general. <clears throat> yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, some of these rules just seem kind of haphazardly thought out and they have such a huge impact on people. And it's like, and it's just re realizing that it's just like some people are just thinking up what they think is best. 
Um, and I guess that's all that people can do who are in positions of power is just like do what they think is best. But sometimes I just feel like they're not thinking very, very well. <laughs> and, but what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty torn about this whole thing now. You know, I, I know more and more people, um, they've gotten really super sick. So I'm like, I understand why the conservative approach in terms of like trying to stop it and quarantines and all that. But at the same time, man, it's just like devastating so many people's livelihoods still. You would think that a year later, we'd be a little bit better at this, but um, yeah, I'm grateful that I can work online, but I know a lot of people can't do that. So yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the challenge, yeah. I mean, what I read the other day was 100,000 small businesses in the United States had closed down. And that's probably you know, like <clears> the <throat> lowest estimate. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. The most, yeah, they're pr- trying to make it seem less, I think, maybe. But that's that's a huge portion of the economy. Even 100,000 is still a huge number. Same thing here. Like A lot of these people are self-employed. They're not working for major companies. There's no Walmart here. There's no Target. Uh People don't have these corporate jobs that can really sustain them in these times. And now in Cusco, they actually have a lot of uh, soup kitchen lines because of the unemployment. Yeah, which is really sad. I mean, these people, especially in Cusco region, really rely on tourism. And as -hmm. soon as they keep closing these things down, like people are like, look, you're you're completely screwing us. Like, and you're expecting us to keep paying these other bills, like our electricity, our water, whatever it is. And, and we can't afford it, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I think but, the tricky thing is is the people making the decisions that are affecting so many livelihoods are the people who have the most secure jobs, which is government. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. So they don't have skin in the game in a, in a way. Like, they don't have skin in the game because they're not concerned about their livelihood going out. It's other people's problem. Exactly. Yeah, and, you know, I, I watched this great video, and, and I'm not – claiming the video is truth, but it had 25 questions, like really interesting questions about a pandemic. And one of the questions is, if we're in a pandemic, why aren't we consistently hearing sirens? Why aren't people dropping dead in the street? Why aren't, you know, uh, like if it's such a seriously deadly pandemic, like why aren't we seeing people drop over in the street? Like they're just dying everywhere. There's, why aren't the cemeteries full? Why aren't there lines to the cemetery or the crematorium? Um, and I'm not saying maybe there there are or they're not. I just I haven't personally seen the effects of that. I'm pretty bubbled in here, so maybe you in the city uh, in Germany, maybe you see more of that. No, I mean, I mean, I hear sirens a lot, but I think that's just the city. So, mm-hmm. I mean, with that, you know, I was thinking along those lines too. But then, but then I know people personally. I know now. I know like a a handful, maybe a half dozen, ten people. <laughs> who have had it and they've said they've never been so sick in their life. They wouldn't wish it upon anybody. And Mm -hmm. months later, they're still dealing with effects. You know, Mm -hmm. some people I know that have had it, it it went pretty quickly and they're okay. But, but then when I, so when I hear those personal stories, it's like, I can't deny that. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, something can be a pandemic and can be devastating. And also it's not so dramatic. It's not like people are, healing over in the streets it's more like it's a gradual onset of an illness so people are already in bed and then those that die kind of go through a slow long and painful death Um, Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, I think my, the thing that would, I'm not scared of this thing, but I think the the concern for me is like, we don't know what the long-term effects are of this as well. So, Mm -hmm. and, but it's led me to do a lot of like research about immune, immune system. Cause that's one thing that does bother me with how this is being handled by leadership is nobody, you have to go down rabbit holes with different podcasts and, and things and do your own research to just understand the science and about having a strong immune system and what sort of natural supplements and foods and activities are really good for the immune system. No one, no one has been talking about that at all. And so at least people in government, you know, officials, it's, it's not about the immune system. In fact, in Germany, there was this really terrible, like public service advertisement where it was like, uh, I think it was on TV. I didn't, I didn't see it, but people were talking about it. And it was just like, a dude sitting on the couch watching TV, drinking Coca-Cola, eating pizza. And the caption was like, uh, uh, see, quarantine isn't that hard. You can do it. <laughs> just like, okay, so we're encouraging people to just sit around, drink Coke, watch TV and eat pizza. You know, yeah, that's not hard. Like that's that's fucking up someone's immune system, staying in a dark room, watching TV, drinking Coca-Cola, eating pizza. That, 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 that's bad for your immune system, so some kind of silly messaging involved and um yeah i think for me at this point my biggest qualm with this whole thing is just in terms of a leadership perspective is there's i haven't seen it maybe it exists but like very little to no messaging about how to keep yourself healthy how to help your immune system um you know because i think that's really important because I think there is a way to minimize the, the impact of something like this. If you have, you know, the right supplements and, and or you're eating the right food and, and exercising, then that's going to have a big impact. I haven't heard of a single like high profile athlete getting super sick or being debilitated by COVID. You know, I follow sports in the States and, you know, they've sometimes players have to sit out for two weeks because they test positive, but not a single one have I heard had any major issues. In fact, they've all, every time they're interviewed, they said, yeah, I'd, my symptoms were minimal. Mm. Well, I think there's a reason for that because they're super healthy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. And the people that have the worst outcomes from this are unhealthy people. Obesity, diabetes, those are, you know, these comor- comorbidities. Like, it's obvious. So let's promote health. <laughs> but then you're fat shaming and you're not allowed to do that. So... <laughs> Apparently on Facebook, if you write you're fat, your your message your post gets deleted or banned. <laughs> wow. What if I say I'm I mean, fat? I'm not sure. I, I think this was on I think Joe Rogan brought this up, right? I, I think they tested that out. I think I'm fat. I think maybe you can do, but yeah. But anyway, even as a joke, well, you know. You know, uh Dave Chappelle got COVID. Uh-huh. I don't know if you heard about that. And he's like, yeah, I did. He's back on that. stage a bit later and he's like, oh, I healed fine. it. Yeah, I healed it. Like what? You know, it, I made it through. And again, it's not it's I don't want to belittle the severity of what, you know, the consequences of this virus mm-hmm. are. But again, like you're saying, like promoting a positive health for people in general, like the people who are at higher risk are, like you said, you know, obese uh, uh, or older older age groups have autoimmune disorders already. Like yeah. they, they're very high risk. And, and for that, like, yeah, I understand taking the precaution, 
but there's another way to take the precaution, which is to take your health into your own hands, eat well, Mm -hmm. uh, eat a lot more zinc, put more zinc and vitamin C in your, in your system. Like, uh, and unless you listen to certain podcasts or go down rabbit holes, you don't know about zinc or you don't know that, right. You know, there's some really high statistic of vitamin D deficiency in the people that died of COVID. And so, you know, a lot of old people that were dying in nursing homes, they don't go outside, you know, they, they don't get right. vitamin D. And so supplementing vitamin D, you can, you can supplement it, but taking it in, you know, high doses, or like you said, zinc, or, you know, I learned through a podcast that zinc doesn't absorb so well in the body if you take it by itself, but taking it with um, like something like curcumin, which is found in turmeric or another mm. plant extract called quercetin. It like somehow enhances your cellular ability to absorb zinc. And when it's really absorbed, it creates like a, a bulletproof vest against this virus in your body. And no one's talking about that. So apparently, you know, in India, they've had really low incidence of COVID deaths c- compared to the population. It hasn't devastated India, uh, at least from a health standpoint. The economic repercussions are terrible, but but the, the theory, at least from some, is that because they consume so much turmeric in their food, like in their curries and stuff like that, um, so they get that curcumin. And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, vitamin D is huge. So important, you know. Totally. Well, I was talking to a local here. Uh, I went to Cusco a couple of days ago, and I was talking about Cusco and the lockdowns. And I'm like, well, first of all, a vast majority of the people here in this region aren't going to the doctors anymore because they don't have faith in the doctors. A lot of them are going to the hospitals here and dying. And so people have discovered or found the way to cure it. And they started, you know, sharing that between themselves. And so they have a regimen of plants that they drink and they cure it. So this, this particular person, he's like a taxi driver. I work with a lot, but he's like, yeah, you know, I got COVID. My whole family got COVID, but we took exactly what you know, our local medicine person said these five plants and we cured it in three days. It was gone. Wow. What are so the plants? Uh, unia de gato, unia de gato. Yeah, cat's um, claw. Cat's claw. Uh, chunka piedra. Uh, yeah, that's, what is that? Um, that's really good for uh, kidneys too. Kidney stones, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I can't remember the other two he told me, but I... Huh. Amazing. And moved on to something else. But yeah, he was, he was very adamant that this is what everyone's been using here as locals. So they're refusing to go to the hospitals to one pay outrageous amounts of money just to stay there, uh, to get this the treatment for COVID. Suck there. Yeah. Oh, they're terrible. They're terrible. They're yeah. And two, they just, they're not trusting the doctors anymore because they keep giving them misinformation here. Mm-hmm. And, and <clears throat> And again, the doctors I'm not to, are getting mis they're getting yeah, misinformation. Yeah. Exactly. And and I'm not, I don't want to discredit the medical community here, but you know, and now more and more doctors are actually turning away from what their mainstream doctors are telling them. Uh so it's an interesting dynamic that's kind of happening here in the Cusco area. But I, I really what I admire about you know Peruvians is like, okay, we don't see the evidence right in front of us of how this other thing works, like going to the hospital, getting oxygen tanks, so forth and so on. But we are seeing evidence in our communities of these five plants working very quickly and the people are recovering and they're out walking around. Why would we go do this if we see the evidence is here and it's cheaper? 
Mm-hmm. You know, I can go to my local market and buy all these plants for maybe under 20 solids. So totally. I, I think that, you if, know, yeah, if, if someone's suffering with COVID and it's so bad, like the symptoms are really bad, they're more likely to survive at home in Peru. I'm talking about at home being cared for by their family, taking plants, then withering away in some hospital bed, like where they're like doctors have are overloaded. They can't give them the personal attention they need. Mm-hmm. And everyone's scared. The doctors are all scared of getting it. And there's, so there's no like physical connection. There's no connection with other human beings. Everyone's in fear. Like that's how you die of COVID. <laughs> and yeah. one, you know, yeah. that's one way. Totally. And I think that, you know, the death rate was super high when it first was, when it first hit Europe, you know, over the spring mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was terribly high and no one knew how to deal with it. But a lot of it had to do with um, putting people on respirators that shouldn't have been on respirators. And it actually mm-hmm. caused their, their, their breathing to their, their lungs to fail essentially. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and for, yeah. for our listeners too, like we, like, I don't want to say any of our information here is absolute truth, but definitely go out and do some research because there is a foundation of very well-versed doctors that have found cures that work really well, that are very cost-effective. Uh, there, there's a whole foundation of them. And maybe in the, the notes of this podcast, I'll post a link if people are interested, but there are, there is a foundation of really intelligent doctors who have found a solution. It's just, it's considered <clears throat> false news <clears throat> because of it's not following the mainstream narrative of there is no cure. So uh, if, if you are interested, I will post that there. And, you know, again, I don't want to say that as the ultimate truth, but it is an interesting committee of very intelligent, well-read, well-versed, well-published doctors. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll definitely recommend that. But, uh, yeah. oh, yeah. So go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, no, nothing. <laughs> okay. No, I just, you know, I also... You know, I, I understand the side of, you know, let's say I work for Facebook, you know, and I'm in charge of the content there. It's also a tricky position because it, it takes really time for the medical quote unquote establishment to go through their whole procedure and protocol for testing different medications or treatments and then being able to officially say, this is officially a cure or a treatment for this disease. It's just like the red tape and the craziness and everyone's afraid to be liable for giving the wrong instructions. So, so it's very slow to move. And so, you know, if I'm someone on Facebook, you know, work, I work for Facebook and my responsibility is being able to determine like what we can allow, you know, on the platform. Well, I'm sure that there are people on Facebook who want to post like really heinous shit or really stupid shit, you know, like, you know, like uh, cure COVID by drinking a gallon of uh, paint thinner, you know, I'm sure people want to do that as a prank or whatever, or they're just stupid. Right. So, so should I allow them to put that up there? What if, you know, and then it's on my conscience that what if someone follows something crazy and then they die from that? Or someone says, you know, you can be COVID by, um, by drinking two gallons, chugging two gallons of alcohol and it 
all the alcohol in your body just like kills the virus, you know, and you're going to feel terrible, but you'll survive. Well, that can also kill people too. So as an example, right? So, so they're like, you know, the argument from the perspective of like these people who are, think they're in charge of moderating what people say, it's like, they feel a certain liability. Like if they let some misinformation slip through it and ends up killing a bunch of people, like what do they do? So they have to follow what's perceived as like the mainstream accepted science, which takes fucking 10 years to, for everybody to agree on anything and publish it. Right. But we don't have 10 years. That's the problem. Uh, and, and so anyway, and there's like an ingrained skepticism in Western medical established doctors about any sort of natural plant treatment or, um, that your immune system has any ability to fight this crazy disease, you know? So there's this ingrained skepticism in them too. And yeah, it's just a bit of a information shit show out there. <laughs> yeah, totally. <clears throat> you know, one thing I really appreciate about you, Alan, is you have this ability to see all sides in, in anything. Uh, and I really appreciate that. Um, oh, thanks, man. And I think it's hard, like in a day, like where everyone's like, you need to be on this line or this line or this yeah. side or that side. And, you know, that's where we're getting into this war of hating each other over information, um, totally. which that, that I think to me has been the, the hardest part of all of this is just people just butchering each other over this. No, but your information's wrong and my information's right. And my information, like, I, I, I just yeah. think that's not bringing us anywhere. Uh, so yeah, like finding that, that middle ground and that place of understanding. Yeah. I think just in, in promoting people, like empowering people to really do some research and, you know, I, I, I more and more, I, I don't, I don't believe that, you know, it's possible that there is, but I don't think there's some like evil, like cabal orchestrating this whole thing. I just think it's, it's, it's human beings and, I, I more and more try to put myself in the position of like, you know, the governor of California, everybody, a lot of people hate this guy. Right. And I would too, if I live there, but I also try <laughs> to put my, what, what is it like to be him? What is it like to be him? Who, what kind of people does he hang out with? Who influences his decision-making, you know, like I can, I can see being him too. And I think he's makes terrible decisions, but at the same time, he's surrounded by, I don't know, by people that influence that kind of thinking. So um, mm -hmm. I just think we, the issue is we just we're, we're flawed human beings. And when something like this happens, we really see how flawed the people who are in charge are, how fucking flawed they are. And that it's a really terrible system that we live in in the world where a very small few people who are just as flawed as you and me, arguably more flawed because they haven't faced their own shit through psychedelics, but they're in charge and they're making all these massively impactful decisions that affect all of us. And so we're really, it's really coming to the light, like how silly this whole system is. And, 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 and that, to me, that's a segue into cryptocurrency and crypto and blockchain, <laughs> decentralized power, um, because we're really seeing it. I think that a lot of the problems in the world is simply people realizing that 
the people in power, the elected officials, the governments, the bankers, all these people are just people like there's, and, and, and they have all this power to make hugely impactful decisions. And, and their decisions are based on the influence of their small little circle of people. And, and they're, but they're just people. They don't have time to do all the research that would actually matter in order to make wise decisions. So, so it's a, it's a conundrum. Like politicians, most of them, like they don't know, they don't know a fucking thing about science or, or infectious diseases or, you know, and they're making these decisions, but they're, they've spent their whole adult life just trying to win popularity contests. That's all that they're good at. And they're in charge. Totally. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Well, it's like, you, it's like, you, it's like you said about the governor, you know, the governor of California, these people don't have as a governor or as a president, they probably don't have the time to sit down and read paper after paper, after paper from a doctor, oh. see the research They they have committees or talk to the that. plant medicine doctors in Peru, you know, like totally. <laughs> and they're not going to go like take some psychedelics and sit in the middle of the forest and figure it out for themselves. They're going to, they're going to rely on the people that are providing them with the information that they consider experts, you know? And exactly. so of course their, their information is even skewed for them. It's based on the bias of the people in their committees based on the bias yep. of the people who are pushing them. And so, yeah, I definitely feel for, for the challenges of their decision-making. Um, and what's, I, I, what's the bias? Like the right. bias of them and their whole circle, it's the, the foundational bias is uh, self-survival and survival of your family and closest family. So all their decisions for all of us are really coming from, even if they don't admit it, a desire for them to keep their power and for their family to be okay. And, you know, so it's super biased decision-making and it affects totally. all of us. Totally. Well, like you said, the segue into cryptocurrency, you know, <clears throat> if anyone has ever done any kind of research on the Federal Reserve, it's terrifying. Like the Federal Reserve is a terrifying. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. I think God. it's more it's hilarious just, than terrifying. It's, in, it's I mean, it's just insane that there's so much power in this one entity. This, and, and, and again, not as a conspiracy towards a cabal or some weird, but there is a, a high faction of rich people that really like their money and want to maintain their uh, amount of control over markets and their money. So there was a recent example uh, with Reddit, GameStop, and uh, Robinhood. And mm -hmm. so I definitely recommend the listeners check out the story of this because it's I'm sure very people know about this. Yeah, right. It's the pretty it's pretty tale. widespread here. But uh, basically, you know, from what I saw, like these very rich people who had uh stock in GameStop watched it take this massive jump as all these people bought it because of something that somebody posted on Reddit and all these people made a lot of money and these big bankers these big businessmen lost a lot of money and they were so frustrated with it they paused the market they actually pushed pause on the markets which is insane to think about they that they can do that right it yeah so when, when, when people are being devastated by the economy, no one's pausing it for them. But when these rich ass hedge funds <laughs> are being affected, they can pause. They can just, oh, well, we're just going to stop everything. <laughs> we don't like this. this some, we're not making money. So we got to push pause here. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. 
And so, you know, it's, there was a really great video with Bill Burr talking about this and he, he was laughing at the whole thing. He's like, you know, see, you guys get upset when you lose a little bit of money, a little bit to them. And you don't get, you're not, you know, you're not excited about the little guy making all this money. I mean, some little people made a lot of money and that's great. Mm-hmm. But there were also these news interviews with these NASDAQ, you know, these big traders, executives and Hedge so forth. Fund, so on. Dudes. Yeah. And they were like, how dare you? This is dangerous. It's dangerous for people to do this, you know, with the power that this person had or these people have on Reddit. How dare they? manipulate the markets through their words and it's like wow so if we do it it's not good but if you do it it's okay so yeah that was it it, it sowed a big kind of you know hole in the armor of the the whole monetary system for me and i'm like all right i don't really agree with that at all i don't actually find anything in what they're saying that i'm like yeah that should be that could be dangerous it's dangerous that people can have control over a market um, so that's actually what led me into kind of like, oh, crypto, interesting, a decentralized mm-hmm. currency, a currency that cannot be tracked, a currency that's actually in the hands of the people, which is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And mm-hmm. I don't know what maybe got you into crypto. Uh, you've been in the game a lot longer. You've been talking about it for a while. So I, maybe you want to share what led you into that realm um i mean probably the same reasons as most people i think i first heard about it when it was going crazy in 2017 i think before that i'd heard about it but i mean i first got in because i wanted to make money everybody's making money i want to make some money (laughs) it's like there are moments and i think we're in a moment like that right now with this like bull run of the crypto market that it just seems like impossible to not make money from it uh so that was the first motivation. But then over time, I just started over the past three months, especially I've just gone dived really deep. I just want to understand what it is. Okay. What the hell am I buying? Cause I would just like buy these coins that they had cool names. I'm like, yeah, that one sounds cool. That one sounds cool. Someone's talking about it on YouTube. Yeah. I want some of that. Oh, that one's called ocean. That sounds awesome. I want that. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, okay, I need to educate myself. So yeah, just like dove down the rabbit hole of that. And the first book I read really that really went deep just about Bitcoin um, is called Bitcoin Hard Money You Can't Fuck With. And it's on Kindle. And this guy who who's, uh, he, he wrote this book really well, but he basically just explains what Bitcoin is. And he's like what you would call a Bitcoin maximalist. So he thinks that, Bitcoin is really where it's at. All the other stuff, like there will be some fads and people will make some money, but really at the end of the day, it's really for him about Bitcoin. I would disagree with that, but, um, and basically, but Bitcoin, what is it? It's, it's a decentralized uh, store of value. Uh, so like, to me, what's the craziest thing about uh, central banks is that, and they just admitted this recently when they're printing all this like stimulus money for the for the states, you know, the, the interviewer asked him, he's like, so do you guys just print money? And he basically said, yeah, we just basically, we can just push a button and there's more money. Like to me, when that becomes really clear that that's, so they can just push a button and print money. And what happens with that money? So they push this button, print money. It goes out to all the banks. 
the people getting rich are just like, you know, the people at the top, that money doesn't trickle down so well. Um, and, you know, the economy in the States is like being propped up right now by a fucking, so in the past 12 months, we've printed more money than in the past 200 years combined. Crazy. Something like that. That's crazy. Don't quote me on that exact, but it is absolutely insane how much money has been printed. So, so the only reason that like the stock market didn't completely collapse, you know, because you'll remember in COVID, the stock market like crashed a little bit and then it came right back. The only reason it came right back is because they printed a bunch of money and it got into the hands of people who bought those stocks and the government was buying stocks. And so they just propped them all up, which is brand new invented money. And so, so you, you, you know, you love that song, Cash Rules Everything Around Me, right? By Cream, Cream right? By Wu-Tang. Yeah. Uh, since that song was written, your dollar bill has lost 50% of its value. So a dollar now is worth 50% less than it was when that song was. So a dollar now is worth 50 cents in those days, right? So just by keeping cash in your wallet and in the bank, it's losing value. You're losing, you're losing value. It's, it, the currency is losing value and it's going to start losing value at a super fast rate. And it's going to, you know, a lot of people are predicting that this year we're not going to see it, but it's going to be next year and the years ensuing that we're going to see the dollar really have some big, big problems ahead. And um, so then people with a lot of money or people that are smart about money, they're like, okay, what do I do with my money? It's losing value. <laughs> like, uh, so one thing you can do is invest in gold. Um, so you want to find something rare that you can own. And then, you know, for some reason, we human beings, we really value things that are rare. And so you can invest in gold, but the challenge with gold is like, it's really hard to like transact in gold. Like, so if you're not using dollars to use gold to like actually go buy, get some gold and then buy shit with your gold, like, it's, you know, it's not easy. So, so Bitcoin, Bitcoin, you know, is basically the solution because Bitcoin, it's decentralized. It's a, it's a decentralized network blockchain, which is like a ledger that everyone has access to. And it keeps a record of every transaction ever made on this blockchain. So you always know who has what, and nobody can print new Bitcoins. There's a finite number, right? So it's rare by its nature. It's scarce. Uh, and it's easy to transact with. You can send Bitcoin to anybody who has a, an internet connection. Um, and so, yeah, all of a sudden people are seeing, holy shit, this is the, the greatest store of value we've ever had so that's why you see really smart people like elon musk like spacex they just bought 1.5 billion dollars of bitcoin and and like i think the next dominoes to fall are going to be countries so probably some asian country maybe like singapore is going to announce that they're shifting some of their national uh financial reserves into bitcoin and then the wow. dominoes According to this book, and I think it's true, the dominoes will start to fall and Bitcoin's just going to go up. So it's what, 50,000 right now, you know, estimates are over a million dollar Bitcoin or even higher than that per Bitcoin. Wow. So, um, well, another country coolest, that I, yeah, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, another, well, this is why I'm in Cardano right now. So Cardano or ADA ADA uh, mm -hmm. has yeah. a huge potential because they're starting to push it in Africa. 
They're teaching people about blockchain. They're teaching people about Cardano. Yeah. And they're talking about potentially adopting that as the currency of Africa, like the whole continent, yeah. not, not just a small portion of it. And that's a huge and the cool thing. thing is, is, yeah, that's a huge thing. And the cool thing is, is you don't need your government's approval. You can just do it uh, because it's not in their hands, right? You know, of course, governments can ban these things. They can say, hey, we're banning Bitcoin. That would really suck. Um, but the idea is that it's already getting too big that it can't really be stopped. And so like when Elon Musk and a lot of U.S. corporations start having a lot of Bitcoin, they have a lot of influence with government. So, you know, the governments can't really do much about it. So, no. But yeah, yeah that's it's an being, amazing thing with it. It's with, being adopted uh, like more and more, though. Yeah, yeah. No. And like what you said with people in Africa. So like this is hugely amazing because it's... Um, like my friend in Africa, in Cameroon, he's never had a bank account. Like he, he doesn't meet the criteria to set up a bank account in Africa. You need, and the vast majority of people in Africa and in many parts of the world don't have banks. They're unbanked. It's like a huge proportion of people. And um, cryptocurrency and blockchain gives these people the ability to actually have banking, to have, uh, to be able to take out loans, to be able to earn interest on their, on their on their currency and no stupid human being is controlling it so like the fed is like some dudes deciding uh we got to lower the interest rate or we got to print more currency and again they're doing it with their biases and their disconnect from the common human being uh with crypto it's all math dude it's all it's all math and you just trust the math because it's designed perfectly and it's super fair and it's transparent and it's, yeah. And it's, it's in your so hands. many other applications. Yeah, it's in your hands. Exactly. And so like Ethereum is like the next internet. So Ethereum isn't exactly like Bitcoin. Ethereum is a platform to be a decentralized internet. And so wow. we have all these problems with like Facebook, you know, Facebook silencing people, banning people. You can't say this, you can say that. All these problems go away when you remove centralized uh, structures, right? And so Ethereum is a platform that allows for, you know, it's a smart contract platform for, so basically mathematically designed contracts and decentralized internet so that everybody is a, everybody owns the Facebook on Ethereum. Everybody who participates in it is also an owner of it. And so decisions are made through voting and it's just like super democratized. It's amazing, man. It's the future. And it, it's the future. It, it totally is. And it's funny because I, I maybe four podcasts ago with you, you're talking about it. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And <laughs> I got I got convinced pretty well. Um, you know, and I think a huge thing for me in all of this, and, and I am going to, this is something I will recommend to our listeners is like, buy a little bit and sit on it. Don't even, mm -hmm. you know, like do your research on these altcoins that are really volatile right now, which is great. Um, buy a little bit on one that's actually pretty stable and very solid and just wait, just wait because yeah, wait, like Alan said, years, there's something, you know, happening to our general fiat currencies. Um, and to tie this into astrology, we talked, uh, back in December about the shift from us into this age of Aquarius, this, uh, interesting new age. Well, that's going to be reflected in the monetary system. And Mark, the astrologer, 
actually did a whole article on this whole thing, uh, uh, how the astrology is actually supporting the turning away from fiat currencies and towards cryptocurrencies. And, you know, I'm not going to say the amount, but I've invested a little bit of crypto. And within a week and a half, I've actually tripled my money. And that's because of just how much people are starting to see the necessity to have these decentralized currencies, these currencies that are mm-hmm. you know, no longer controlled. I think a lot of us are tired of letting somebody else make the decisions for the people. And that's what this totally, really symbolizes, man. you know? Well, I want to just put a caveat to that. Like, that's amazing that you tripled your money. And there's still a lot of opportunity to make money right now in this market. But, you know, for people who, if there's no guarantee, uh, no. just to put that out there, for people who don't know about the <laughs> cryptocurrency, like trends, basically in 2017, there was this amazing bull market. And this is the last time it happened four years ago. And it, it seems to be on a four year cycle. And right at the end, at the last bull market is when it got super mainstream. Everyone was talking about it. People were selling their houses to put the money in crypto. And then the whole market crashed and we went into a four-year bear market. And so, you know, that will probably happen again. The market's going to contract. Will it crash 90% like it did last time? A lot of people think, no, it'll be more like 40 to 60%, but, but it will happen. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen in six months. But in terms of, you know, so so great like people that want to like try to make some money and speculate great but just know like just uh there's also ways to you know work this market so that you can take profits as it as it's going up and not lose everything you know if it crashes tomorrow or invest an amount that you're comfortable if it does crash it's not going to change your lifestyle like (laughs) um but in the long run if you get in the right projects and there's like the big ones, you know, like you talked about Cardano and uh, there are people that know a lot more about this than I do, or, you know, on YouTube and stuff. That's how I learned about crypto. But, but some of these projects, it's like investing in, you know, something like Apple when it first started, you know, even bigger than that Cardano. I mean, Ethereum is also one that it, it could be the, the entire foundation of the next version of the internet. Like it, Cardano could become that too. Um, it's, you know, so, so the long game, yeah, it's like, I would even put a little bit in Bitcoin too. Totally. Um, because that's kind of the, the, that's the foundation of all of it. And in the long run, like it seems more and more, there's so much invested in it. That's the one that's definitely going to keep, keep growing. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones, it's like the chance to actually really, increase make a lot of money and invest in something that really grows but but there are no guarantees so (laughs) no it is it is high risk and i you know i hate to go off you know what people may consider a pseudoscience being astrology but just what i'm seeing astrologically the progression in this Mm -hmm. the astrological chart of these coins shows a really positive progression uh, in our upcoming years because of, I guess, you know, COVID, because of where the world's at. Uh, as you can tell, a lot of people are moving more and more towards working online, doing internet transactions. Uh, mm-hmm. I know, you know, my partner, she actually got paid for the first time ever in cryptocurrency for oh, doing nice. work, which is like super, it's, it's an incredible thing. And um, 
I have a friend who I met at the temple who is actually helping people transfer uh, their money into more of a Bitcoin based money. So they're changing their bank accounts from, I mean, it's not that they won't have any cash at all, but they're moving a, a larger portion of their money towards uh, cryptocurrency just to have that on hand to invest, to make money. Um, and I was actually laughing with Mark because he's <laughs> after I made some money, he was like, well, why would you ever keep your money in banks again? <laughs> You're making money just by letting it sit there, which is really nice. And, and again, it's hard because there's days where, you know, the bears, the markets go a bit down and you know you're watching this this decrease in your money and you're like oh no i'm losing money but it's very interesting when i'm starting to see the symbols in the markets and their fluctuations and in nature and i'm like oh yeah of course everything has its ebb and flow everything ebb and has flow. its high yeah. and low totally. and, and and that allows me for when those moments of like oh there goes my money down 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 oh oh, oh. and it's you know retracing back up and going back down yeah 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 so there is a totally. way to play that market really well. And people totally. do that and make millions of dollars. Uh, there's a guy, there's a YouTuber who actually just made a million dollars after investing, I think a hundred dollars in cryptocurrency, just buying low and selling high, buying low and selling high, just kept mm. buying, buying more and more cryptocurrency. So there's an incredible potential. It's a fun game to play, you know, as all things are. Uh, but it's a game that that brings really nice yields. Uh, and I think there's a huge future for it. I really feel that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, man. I think it, it's, it's easy. It's easy for me to like get like for some people who just like walked in kind of like I did too. I, in 2017, I walked in at the peak and I was like, shit, I'm going to make money. Everybody's making money. I was the guy who bought when it was at its peak and then it just crashed. Like, Oof. and so, um, so, and listening to people who have been in crypto for years and years, they they have a bit of, um, they're not super pumped about where we're at right now They're because I think they just see the long game. They're like, this is going to come down and, and, it's going to weed out a lot of people. People are going to get out and be like, ah, uh, it's dropping. And so, so just to say too, like for people, like when that day comes, don't be discouraged about crypto and what it's going to bring. And again, if you can have a strong stomach and just ride it out, you know, there's two options. You, you either take out your profits at the great time and you peak and whatever, and then you buy back in when it's low, or you just ride it out. And you don't have so much invested that it's going to ruin your life, you know, if it does dip. It could just keep going up for five years. You know, maybe it's going to be this mass adoption point. We'll see. But uh, that would be amazing because then... We don't. We don't know. We're not financial we advisors. So do not take yeah. our advice. Yeah. <laughs> As all the surprise, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people and to me, it's like, it's so obvious and... I feel like, I guess I get into my rabbit holes with YouTube and talking to, you know, like talking to you about crypto that I, I just feel like everybody must know about it. Everybody's investing in it, but it's still like most people, they do, they heard about Dogecoin, you know, because it pumped or, you know, or they heard about Bitcoin, but they don't really know about it. They don't know how to get into it. Um, I, I think it's like a, it's like a, a, a red pill, a red pill or blue pill. Which one is the one in the matrix? That, takes, that you, takes you out yeah the red pill. The, the one that the red pill so like yeah. once you swallow the cryptocurrency red pill i see it happen for people it happened for me there's just like this aha this like click it's like 
oh my God, this is like the future. This is, and it's happening right now. Like this is an amazing time to get in this. And yeah, I'm super pumped. I think it's like, to me, it's the saving grace of the world. It's, it's, it's perfect timing. I think that COVID and these past few years, and it's continuing now, there's a lot of upheaval. There's a lot of exposure of, of old uh, paradigms and failing uh, leadership and, and just like, it's stirring up a lot of the, the kind of like power st structures, the old structures that are just like, they don't work and they're starting to crumble. And I see crypto and blockchain is like the emergence of actually what's going to replace it. And, and I think that it's very, very hopeful. And I'm super optimistic that this, what this entails is uh, really what a lot of us have been asking for, which is a decentralized uh, system uh, where everyone who has skin in the game has their own, has a say in it and has power. And it could be pretty awesome, dude. We're going to talk to each other in three years with millions of dollars in the bank account and be like, ha remember what we said back then? No, We're millions so of Bitcoin. Millions we won't care Bitcoin. about dollars. <laughs> dude, I'm already at a point now when I look at like my crypto portfolio and it's also, it's very humble, but I look at it and more and more, I'm looking at it in terms of how much it's worth in Bitcoin, not in dollars. Right. Like, more and more, I just, I have this feeling that dollars are kind of worthless. <laughs> but when I see that B of the Bitcoin, I see value. I see something that's strong. I see like a big lump of gold. That's what it is. <laughs> you know what? And, and for, for the listeners too, like if there's anything we can get behind, and definitely I know that a lot of our listeners probably feel the same, is freedom and putting the power back in your hands. And that's what these coins are about. Like Alan said, you know, these decentralized currencies, which is super important. I really recommend reading more about the Federal Reserve, seeing what they actually do, because uh, mm -hmm. that's that's something I can guarantee is a fact. Like it's not mm -hmm. it's not like a conspiracy. It's it's written in their policies. It's written in government policies like it's a very interesting, very house of cards based currency. Um, totally. The, so, this yeah. book that I read talks about he goes into that, too. I think I'll recommend this book as a great intro to Bitcoin and blockchain. And it's really entertaining to read. And it's interesting because the guy who wrote it, he was in Peru when the pandemic started. He was surfing like in Peru and he almost got stuck in Peru. So I just felt this like connection to it, but it's a fucking awesome book. Uh, it's called Bitcoin, Hard Money You Can't Fuck With, uh, Why Bitcoin Will Be the Next Global Reserve Currency by Jason Williams. Wow, Jason Williams. Let's. Um, well, we'll make sure to put that in the notes too, just so you can click on the link to the Kindle edition yeah. or, or whatever the Amazon edition. Yeah. And there's all kinds of books now about blockchain, and a lot of them are pretty technical and hard to wrap for for me to wrap my head around. But this book just like really lays it down in terms of the the philosophy behind it and why people are so hopeful and bullish about where it's going. So uh, it's a good read. It's really fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Wow. So well, there's yeah, that. So crypto. <laughs> yeah, there's that. I just can't wait, man. It's, you know, yeah. Um, interesting time to be here in uh, Berlin too, in Germany. 
very much looking for, it's been like the first real winter I've experienced in a long time, like, you know, super cold temperatures, a lot of snow. Now it's starting to warm up again. Uh, but yeah, I just, I also feel like as the winter ends here and spring is coming in Europe and North America, I think a lot of this like shitty shit's going to kind of like melt away and thaw out and the sun's going to rise. And I think that we're turning a corner in the world and there's still going to be some ups and downs globally. Absolutely. But maybe it's just me projecting, but I see, I see some hope. I see, I see a, a new dawn on the horizon, my friends. <laughs> Do you see it? Absolutely. You see it? Oh, absolutely. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that getting into the crypto game actually gives you that, that hope or that sight of something totally. new and something like revolutionary. I really feel that that happened for me, I guess, when I got into it, I'm like, Oh, duh. It just makes absolute sense. Like there are many times throughout this pandemic and this whole global lockdown and the dying of economies and the crashing of governments and all this nonsense where I was just that, that hopeless, uh, slug tried to creep its way in of like, we're, you know, it's over. There's nothing mm -hmm. we can do. We're fucked. Like this is, we're going to be like this the rest of our lives. We're going to be under these weird thumbs of these censorships and all this nonsense. And then the crypto came and I'm like, Oh, yeah. I see somebody really intelligent figured it out. Totally. Some super <laughs> smart people thought of this. Super smart people did it. <laughs> and it's showing me that like, Oh, the, I was giving so much credit to these people in power. Like they're the ones who are going to determine the course of humanity and they're going to censor us and they're going to control us. And I just don't think that they, I think that, I don't think they can like, it's up to, it's the will of humanity that's going to determine the course of humanity and if the will of humanity takes on something like blockchain and crypto and beyond just as a currency but of like it's basically a way to take out most government function i mean then that's the course of humanity and and there will be resistance believe me there will be smear campaigns against bitcoin and blockchain they're, they're doing that now you see these stories if you read like mainstream financial magazines that it's they're smearing it because they're scared shitless of it it means it's the end of their power um so but i'm not yeah i just don't think there's anyone in control that 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 ultimately i think we that that has more power than any other person their power is conceived their, they have their power because we give them their power because we agree that they have power um but at the end of the day they're just people man they're just flawed individuals so if they start acting in a more uh uh acting in the best interest of humanity rather than preserving their power uh then then maybe they can keep their position <laughs> totally well, that's where that that whole Reddit thing for me was such an eye opener. So like, totally. wow, these these guys are shaking in their boots. They were so scared that they had to stop. They had to shut the market down. Like they were yeah, terrified. And it showed us that they can do that, which is no, which, not right. No, no. And I can't. And, you better believe I canceled my Robinhood account. Hey, those bastards. Oh, so. good. Yeah, good. <laughs> what do you think Robinhood would have thought of this? Right. Yeah, exactly. Robinhood would be like, you're doing the opposite of what my name stands for you know it's, it's the rich stealing from the poor that's what exactly what that was by stopping the market and they did it again with doge i think too they they held doge purchases and sellings 
for a period of time. So people couldn't sell and make money. And it, it messed with the whole Doge market. And that's Robin. Why would they Robin mess with Doge? They have no interest in Doge is just a meme. It's hilarious, man. It's like the biggest F you to the system. It's like this meme. <laughs> people are making millions of dollars off of a meme. The coin has no function. It's a meme. And it's, it's a, people. It's amazing. It. Exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. Like let's yeah. that's out of all this, like I've had so much optimism from the emergence of like stepping into the crypto game, doing more research about it. I'm just so excited about what this potential has for us, you know, for the, for the little guys. Uh, I'm not a big We're financial monster. Yeah, exactly. We're just as and that big shows as everybody that. else. <laughs> that shows exactly. us that. And this is a great time again, for the listeners, this is a great time to enter the market because there's still thing. There's still altcoins that are quite cheap that have an incredible potential, have incredible teams behind them, incredible science. They're at a great price. So just to be aware of that, I'm not being a financial advisor, but just to be aware of that, there's, this is a good time to enter. Um, yeah. Well, so, something to know too, when you enter crypto, there's, um, it's not about the price of the coin. Like a coin can cost two cents, but what matters is the market capitalization. So it's like, if, if there are, if a billion people own a one cent coin, then that coin is worth a hundred, that market capitalization is a hundred million dollars. So it's more of like the smaller projects could have a coin that's a thousand dollars each, but there's only 10 coins, right? So it's a super small project. Um, so yeah, I just want to say, don't look at the cost of the coin. You can buy fractions of a coin anyway. It's not about the cost of the coin. It's about... It's really, yeah, I mean, it's about the fundamentals of what they're doing and it's, that takes, you know, you can research that. And then, um, and then it's like the smaller the project, the lower the market capitalization, the bigger the risk is. Those are the ones that can blow up. You can invest in a project that only, you know, that just came out and you're one of the first to get in on it and it can collapse to zero or it can 1,000x. It can grow by 1,000. That's the kind of market this is. It's fucking crazy. It's incredible. Incredible people investing a hundred dollars making a million dollars. You, you, how can you not want to play that game? You know, even totally. with the potential, you know. But you know, every person who invests a hundred dollars and that turns into a million dollars, it's how to put it, it's that turned into a million dollars because a bunch of other people believed in it and invested in it. But as soon as I decide, okay, it's time to take my million dollars profit, the price will drop and then someone else will take their profit. And then it's back to where it started. And a bunch of people are like, wait, but I, it was, so, so that's the way the market works, right? It's not everybody wins. Uh, half the people win and half the people don't in terms of speculating. I think it must be, it must be a half and half situation. Because every time you sell, the price lowers proportionately. And so someone else's value drops. So it's about timing it. But I just think it's important to stress. It's not a win-win. It's uh, be smart and be calm and be patient. And don't freak out when the price drops. And, and you want to buy. When the price is dropping and everyone's freaking out, that's the time to buy, right? And when the price is like peaking and everyone's like, get in, that's the time to sell. You have to like think opposite of what your instincts would do. <laughs> 
it's funny. I've been for, I'm very, very new to the game. I'm no expert whatsoever, but like anytime the, the market's going green, I'm, I, I get excited. Every time the market goes red, I in. get excited. You know, I get, I get excited on both sides. I don't let oh, myself yeah. like, Oh no. I'm like, yes. That means that more people are going to see that price down there and want to start buying and getting buy back it. in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so that's time that's when I wish I had more money to buy exactly, in. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not, not getting emotional in the highs and the lows. Cause it is, it, it can feel like a roller coaster if you're following how the market's moving, but if you don't and you just get excited the whole time through, it's a blast. It's fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm all totally. about mindsets and making money. I love, that's I love right. the magic of making money with mindsets. Um, there What's is a, the a, well, mindset is like, no matter what direction it goes for me, like whether I, it looks like I'm losing money or not, I'm making money. I always say that I'm making money either way and may not look like that on the paper, you know, in, in, in my wallets, my crypto wallets, but I am like, I'm letting it, I'm getting excited about going down, knowing that people are watching certain coins, waiting for it to go down to buy in again. And so I watch how these like these algorithms kind of start moving and I try not to like, it's just my mindset. It's like my hack for myself of not being like, Oh no, I'm losing money. Oh not no. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pull my hair out. I'm, I'm it's dropping. It's like, actually, no, it's a good, it's a good thing. Like we need the mm -hmm. markets. They have to be healthy. They have to go through cycles. And um, again, mirroring nature, like seeing the ebbs and flows of nature. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Like it's winter time. That means that spring's come, you know, which means summer's coming. And then that means fall will come and then winter. So it's like, I can't, I'm not going to get super excited when it's super high. I'm not yeah. going to get super sad when it gets super low. It's like, I'm not going to let that nature affect my mood. Um, yeah. And so yeah. That, that helps me be patient with it more. I think. Yeah, totally. And I think the other, like, I guess the, the people who have been in a long time that I listen to on YouTube, the, their biggest advice is like, don't, don't invest more than you're comfortable losing. That's the smartest thing to do. Like if you can find an amount that you're, if it crashes, then you're okay. And you can be patient and it can grow. Um, I just think like the mindset of just like jump in now, it's called FOMOing in and putting, you know, the guy that sold this house, it happened in the last, there was a story of this dude, he sold his house, got into Bitcoin when it like hit 19,000 and then it crashed. And, and everyone kept holding on, like, maybe it's going to go up. If he had held on now, he'd be fine. But he didn't because he put all of his money into it and he had to take it out when it hit $5,000. So, right. Um, yeah, emotional so, trading, don't do it. Emotional trading, it's, well, don't it's do really it. really hard. Not, yeah, and I say yeah, that all the time, but I do it. I Sometimes it's really hard to resist because the mind is like, okay, this one, this project, uh, like sometimes I have things where I'll, I'll sell, a, I'll buy like a, a coin at, it was like at 0 0.003 cents and I bought it and it went up to 0 0.008. And so that's like almost tripled. And so I sold, I was like, yes. And then it kept going up. Right. And it hit like 0 0.010. And I was like, fuck, now it's going to, my mind is like, it's going to, it's going to just keep going up. I got to buy back in. So I sold low and I bought back in higher. And then since then it's like stagnating or maybe going down, you know, it's like, it's really interesting to watch, you know, what our mind does, you know, the, for me, at least my optimistic mind comes in. It's like, well, this thing's going up, it's going to go up forever. And I want to like FOMO in. 
And, and then if it starts going down, the other thing that happens, my mind's like, oh shit, it's just going to, it's going to crash. It's going to keep going down. And so the instinct is to FOMO out to just like sell. And then as soon as I sell, watch it go back up, you know? And so it's like, yeah, it's really, you have to be super disciplined and uh, disciplined yeah. and patient. Well, even that little like saying that we have, you know, not we have, but I've heard it very often. What goes up must come down and what goes down must come up. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I have to always remember that as it's skyrocketing, I'm like, cool, that's great. Like I'm going to watch it. Cause that doesn't mean I should get like, it could go way higher, but there's, there's certain algorithms where it will, it'll kind of like settle down and sit in an area, find a nice support and then shoot back up or shoot mm-hmm. down. And it's like, it's such a science that I'm not, a, you know, super intelligent to follow it, but I just, I want to let it do its thing. And I have enough faith in these coins and their projects that I have to just let it sit. Exactly. And, and, and that's the hard part is because you, you know, you see people making fast gains and quick money from it, but if you're investing a very small amount, you won't have that same kind of ability to do that. Just like yeah. give it time, let it really grow. And then you can maybe sell off a little bit, sell 25% and then buy back in when it's lower or whatever, you know, it's just, it's a and building the best game. way to be able to withstand the volatility, like psychologically is to know what you're investing and to actually understand what this project is about. What is this coin about? What are they doing? Uh, because then if you're really on board with the vision of something, then the fluctuations don't mean much because you really believe in where it's going. Um, or you can be a, yeah, like a technical analysis trader who don't even give a shit about what the project is about. They're just looking at the trends, right. Of the movements. And, but I listen to a lot of those guys and they, it seems to me like they get it right half the time. Like it's still, <laughs> they, nobody knows where it's going to go next. But I think some of those guys are pretty successful, it seems. So, um, so, but yeah, that's a whole different game. You know, that's like technical day traders with stocks. They don't care about the company they're investing in. It's just a symbol and it's a trend and they just play with that. So, but that's a whole nother rabbit hole. I don't, I don't have time, man. <laughs> cool, man. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a fascinating game. Uh, I do want to yeah. share like a, a little thing kind of on a more spiritual note, I guess. Uh, so in these last couple of weeks, last three weeks, I did a thing called my palm leaf. I don't know if you heard about that. No. So my palm leaves, these, there are these palm leaves that were written by this enlightened master in India. I don't, I don't want to use quotations because I don't know if people will believe it, but I just did. Um, mm-hmm. This enlightened master in India who wrote these palm leaves about people in this day and age uh, at this time. And so basically it kind of details the direction of your life based on your karma, what, you know, your obstacles you'll be facing or you're facing currently uh, and potential solutions. So this was probably the most profound thing I've ever done. It was an incredible reading. Um, And, you know, I like to go into things with a very skeptical mind. So I, you know, I signed up for this reading. All you send in is your thumbprint and whether you're a male or a female and they find your card, your, your palm leaf. And it's written in Tamil, a really old, old, old language. So they have two translators there, one translating it from Tamil into uh, their language and then into English. So I sat down and I did this reading and 
you know, they're going through this questions and they're asking me like certain things about beginning letters, my name, uh, my birthday, but they don't, they don't have the answer. They're just saying, say yes or no. And eventually they hit it. And when they hit it, they tell you where you're at right now, how old you are when you're finding the reading, what your parents are doing, where they are, uh, if they've had major surgeries, uh, they tell you like their job state at the time. They tell you whether you have brothers or sisters, which is, it blew my mind when they got it right. It, it actually scared me. I was like sitting there like shaking, Whoa. watching this whole thing unfold in front of me. Um, so I recommend checking it out. It's called mypalmleaf.com and you can sign up for it. Uh, there's, you know, again, this was written thousands and thousands of years ago by this enlightened master about you uh, back in the day. And so it's not easy. It's not fun. It's exciting to hear about your life, but it shows you your obstacles that you're facing in your life, the karma that you're facing and the challenges of being you, uh, what you've done in past lives to be where you are now. But the beauty in it is it actually shows you solutions. Um, so I think for me, wow, sweet. you know, on, on top of this whole crypto thing was like, seeing like because again i i I have my times of falling into these pits of despair towards the world and but when i had this opportunity to see my karma (laughs) i felt very very down into my pits of despair like i was very just upset with like how could i you know whatever i did how could i do that and you know what i kept realizing what i kept reassuring myself is but you know what there's an opportunity to actually change that and change the direction of your life and they say this in the reading so they'll tell you the progression of your life without doing the remedies and all these things and then they'll tell you if you don't do it you know this is what you'll face you know these are the obstacles that you'll face in the future um so again like for me it was a symbol of putting the power back in my hand in my life in the direction of the future for myself uh and again, it's not, it's not easy. Uh, it's like, if you have any delusions of where you think you are spiritually or illusions, <laughs> it'll put you right back down on a level of like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm human still. And I have a lot of work to do. Um, so huh. I recommend checking it out and, and seeing, you know, it, it is a little bit pricey, but you know, the rewards as far as changing your life forever are incredible. Wow. Yeah. I'm just looking at it now. So it's mypalmleaf.com, everybody. Yes. And so they're in India when they do this. They are. And so you can do it by Zoom call, or they say that if you go and look for these physically in these locations, there's like, I think 13 different locations around India where these palm leaves are hidden. uh, They'll be at the location you choose to go to. Somehow they know which place you're going to go to and they have it there which is amazing. It's astounding. Um, again, it blew my mind. It like, they know things about my family that I don't think most of my family knows about my family. Like it's written on this palm leaf from a thousand years ago by this enlightened master. And they tell you when you'll find it and when you'll read it and how old you'll be and where you'll be. So, wow. You know, again, like skeptical mind tried to step in and, you know, I was talking to a friend of ours and he's like, oh, well, what if they're just like hackers and they've just hacked all your system? Well, there's things about me internally that they knew that aren't, you know, like public things Mm -hmm. that they read. And so it's very revealing. It's very like you're raw, you're on stage to be 
not ridiculed, but to, yeah, to see your karma. Wow. Good and bad. Good and bad. It's not all bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it gives you a path forward sort of, right? Like it does. You use it to make changes and to give a bigger picture. Yeah. Understanding of, of your path. Huh. I, I think for me, what it hit was like, okay, if they can see these effects of my behaviors in the past and what they've projected future in the future, where they see me at now and what those are affecting and actually seeing in my life where there are certain blockages, where there are certain obscurations or so forth and so on and being like, wow, they, how do they know that? And that was based on this previous life, this life back there. And so it just made me hyper aware of one, the ability to be able to change karma and two, what karma is and like how, you know, hopefully in this life, I don't live a life like that. Like I hopefully keep bringing better karma into my life. I keep trying to change myself, purify myself uh, and be a better person. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, wow. <clears throat> yeah. Sweet. I'm going to check it out. I Yeah. I'm going to look into this. I feel kind of called to it. That's the other thing. If you feel called to it, then you may, you probably have a leaf. Some people hear it, hear about it. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's interesting. I don't want to know what I've done. And they won't, they won't have a leaf, but other people have a leaf. They will, which is really fascinating. And there's only 6,000 leaves for foreigners outside of India. Oh, wow. So there's not, there's not many. Yeah. So if you do it, it's because you were meant to. And if you don't, it's because you weren't. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. Amazing. So definitely check that out. I know it's a kind of random end note, but it was just something really fascinating. No, it's a good suggestion. Yeah. Thank you. I wonder if any of our listeners are one of the (laughs) 6,000. I'm sure they are. Please let us know if you are anyone who does it. Uh, Yeah. We still got our locals page going on. So. Uh, stay in touch everybody we're yeah i'm happy to be back me too man it's so good to talk to you again amazing all right cool well thank you thanks everybody thank you felix thank you al thanks for listening to our new season season two of beyond words that's right yeah 2021